I'm like, I haven't started my next album, but I'm just trying to get in the headspace for it. And, and I have like some ideas of where I want to take it, but that's just kind of what I'm gearing towards is, is putting out my next project and, and really kind of going ham all around with like marketing and, yeah. and just like making sure that it's a, uh, something I can really stand up on and this first project was kind of just like the the test run you know what I mean uh yo welcome everybody back to the lossless media podcast I just realized I don't know how to pronounce your name is it fairness um so like the Cuban pronunciation would be farinas oh but like the Americanized pronunciation is farinas Wait, say the Cuban again? The Cuban one would be Farinas. There's like an Enya on the end. Farinas. Um, but I go by like the American pronunciation, which is Farinas. All right, Farinas. Well, um, I, I have no idea how I found your music. I think one of my friends sent me um, You Get Me So High, which I think is your like number one song. But if you'll do a little intro kind of for people that don't know about you, uh, just talk a little bit about yourself and like who you are and what you do. All right, words. So uh, my name is Farinas. I'm 24 years old. I'm uh, an artist currently based out of Seacoast, New Hampshire. Um, I'm originally from Jersey. I moved around a lot as a kid, so I lived in Pennsylvania for a bit, Connecticut, New York. Um, and I ended up here in uh, New Hampshire for school, and I uh, ended up dropping out to pursue music. Um, so now I'm just working making music and trying to eventually make it so that I'm just making music. Um, but yeah, I'm a rapper, singer, songwriter, um, creative of sorts. Um, I don't have much technical skill, but um, I try to do my best with what I got. Yeah, you have an incredible amount of skill and anybody who hasn't listened to your music, uh, there'll be links to it all around wherever this goes out. But um yeah, after after listening to that first song off the tie-dye tape, I, I listened to tie-dye tape in its full, and it really surprises me that you've mostly been on the East Coast because this whole project screams West Coast to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole intention going into it was I wanted to make my version of, like, a summer tape. And, like, how old are you? I'm 21. So I'm sure, like, you had, like, your summer 16, where it was, like, all those albums dropped, and, like, there, it was just, like, a crazy summer, and, like, especially, like, albums like Acid Rap and I was Bond. just thinking of Acid Rap when you said that, um, yeah. Yeah, those two albums were, like, major, major influences for the tie-dye tape, and I kind of wanted to... You make my version of that and I, I, was, I took a long time to not just be emulating and actually be creating and making something that I felt I could stand up on and that it wasn't just kind of like um, just doing it for the sake of doing it in that fashion and having it mean something to me and uh, yeah I actually recorded uh, a few of the songs in LA so I guess it does in a way have its LA sure. or West Coast um connections but in terms of the writing aspect all the kind of writing and emotions and everything that all came from being here on the east coast very interesting yeah well i was i was 
very much expecting you to say you're like based in the West Coast or something right now, or the album was recorded there. Maybe which songs were recorded in LA? I'm curious. Let's see. I don't even know what that means, by the way. Like what what I mean by it, like sounds West Coast. Like I don't even know what that means, but <laughs> uh, it's just very reminiscent of the type of projects that a lot of people that come out of LA that sound which is a a great thing so i don't know yeah it's been weird doing pursuing this out where i am in new hampshire because the crowd here is very much heavily into like alternative uh folk country and i feel like that's why i ended up making songs like you get me so high that aren't what my origins are like i very much grew up listening to hip-hop r&b um, my mom was always bumping like early 2000s, early not, or 90s R&B, and my pops was always listening to, to hip-hop, John Legend, uh, Bob Marley. Like, I didn't have many other outside influences yeah. musically, but then I moved out here, and I think just being out here, I kind of ended up picking up on that kind of stuff, because all my bandmates, for the most part, are from out here. Um and like I said, I'm from Jersey originally, so I didn't. I was not really listening to a lot of country alternative stuff yeah. like that. But uh, yeah, songs like Turbulence, Gobsmacking, About Time, and uh, Ascent, uh, Grounded. Those were the the four that were recorded in L.A. Okay. And then the rest of the album were recorded uh, on the East Coast. Can we talk about Gobsmacking for a second? Because I have a question written here specifically about that song. Because what did I have written down? I wrote. It is so authentically you. I don't feel like I've heard another song like it. I, I <laughs> and I truly, truly believe that. It is not me gassing you up or anything. I, I'm looking at the plays on Spotify. Hasn't even hit 10k yet. This is like underground, underground. But it, it's like it deserves so much more. The whole project. I mean, there, this is the reason I reached out to you in the first place. Is I feel like a, so much of your music is so polished and sounds so good and what you were saying earlier where where you tried to kind of wait until you had something of your own to put out there rather than like just copying other people which is how most artists get their start i feel like you kind of got a copy to like understand how people make stuff um Mm -hmm. but everything i've listened to is so authentically you and and nothing like anything i've heard before especially gobsmack and i heard that song and i was like this is incredible this is hey, incredible. thank you, bro. <laughs> um, I just kind of wanted but, uh, to ask what your mindset was going into making a song like that. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate it. And uh, for Gobsmacking specifically, so I was in Nashville when I first heard that track. Um, and I, it played. We had a hot mic going, which is just like a mic that's always running, always recording. Um, that's how I've been recently making a lot of stuff when I'm just starting off is just have a mic in the room. Cause like, yeah. you don't want to miss those fleeting moments of creativity. You want to be able to, to pick it up. And if you like it, you can go in the booth and, and cut it again. So it's like nice and polished, but, um, yeah, the beat played. And I just remember just like, it got me hyped. Like I was just like, this is crazy. And I just started yelling and screaming. <laughs> and that was actually the, the chorus that you hear where I'm just like, what? like yelling before we get into the, the gobsmacking part that was all just that first take of just picking uh-huh. up the hot mic we didn't even jump in the booth and recut it that was just the first take of me just yelling excited listening to the beat like going okay, feral. That's sick. yeah that's sick you could definitely feel the energy in that song but that's cool to have that kind of perspective on where that energy came from yeah and just like about the other stuff like i this album like i've been making so much music i've been making music since i was like a sophomore in high school seriously so probably like 
seven, eight years now, I've been really taking music semi like pretty seriously. And I just never put anything out for the longest, which I, I, I don't regret because like, I think everything is meant to happen for a reason, but that's kind of why you, this might feel like polished in a sense, because I've been doing this for so long and just not really putting anything out and just like working on my craft for so long. And, and yeah, it's funny to like think like that song is, like you said, under 10K on Spotify. Um, and that, like I said, I don't regret it, but I wonder if like if I just had been putting my stuff out at an earlier age, if I would have maybe like built up more of a fan base up to this point. But I'm happy with how everything's been playing out, though. And like it's dope to see even it be at wherever it's at now, a couple couple uh thousand listens and like i know i'm definitely blessed to to be in the situation i'm in with the the fan base i have because i know it's it's hard to even get a hundred streams sometimes on a song yeah yeah I, I i think where you're at now is only the beginning i mean it's very clearly only the beginning and i'm so excited for you oh i was trying to go into like tiktok and stuff i don't know if you're on tiktok or how you're doing your marketing you said you were cutting videos earlier um how do you feel about that? And how do you feel that has kind of influenced your career so far? Um, so TikTok has honestly been a big factor and like not in the stereotypical way. Like, you know how there's been artists like Ty Verdez and stuff like that who they kind of, they built their career on TikTok. Yeah. Um, I've been able to kind of utilize it to my advantage by just uh, like, I, like just finding fans organically through it and I've been trying to find a balance because I don't want it to become like a thing where, I don't know, you know, how artists can get labeled as like TikTok artists sometimes and kind of get pigeonholed yeah. into like, uh, it's almost like, I don't know, I don't want anyone to kind of question my level of like professionalism and like the seriousness that I tackle this shit with. Like I want it to be very understood that I'm trying to do this like at the highest possible like setting and, and I... I don't know, especially with hip hop, it's like there's a competitive element to it. And I definitely feed off that. And I want to see how far I can push myself and take things. So I've been trying to find a balance with utilizing TikTok for marketing while also not making it a thing where it's like, oh, this is another TikTok artist. Right. Um, so, yeah, I've just been filming a lot of like short form content, like 20 seconds max. And, uh, we had a video of You Get Me So High. That was the first video that I ever had blow up. It broke like a million streams or a million views on TikTok. And uh, we hadn't even recorded the song yet. It was just a video of us playing it in a, a basement. Oh, shit. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, we need to get this recorded ASAP. So, like, within two weeks, we ended up finding a studio that would take us on. Um, it was called Factory Underground in Connecticut. They're actually really good homies of ours. Um They've always held it down for us. That was one of the first places I recorded when I was first getting into music, really. And, uh, yeah, they let us go record the track there, and we were able to put it out. And luckily, the, some of the momentum from that TikTok kept going on to Spotify. And, yeah, that song's just been been taking off since. And even recently, I, I two years later, I posted another TikTok about it, and it blew up. And, like, people are discovering it again for the first time now. So it's been kind of nuts. Yeah, that's that's a good ass song. I mean, it deserves the praise. What I'm I'm curious, what is your favorite song that you've put out so far? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, let me think real quick. 
while you think, let me just gas you up a little bit more. My favorite is the <laughs> intro, which is crazy because intro really? intro to albums I'm, I'm, are usually kind of like a, all right, let's get the hype started, let's get the vibe going, and then like, all right, let's jump into the real music now when the, the second track starts. But no, the intro is is my favorite track you've made. I don't know why. I actually do know why. Um, the intensity of the song. I don't know whether you meant to do this or not. But every time I think the verse is like going to end, you double down. <laughs> and it happens yeah. like two or three times where you double down on the verse and it gets like the intensity just doubles. And I'm like, OK, all right. OK. And it just gets me <laughs> it gets me into the right mood for the start of an album in a way that I've never really heard before. So that's that was my favorite. That's funny. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Like the intro uh, when I wrote that, I tend to write. And I don't write to a beat to begin with sometimes. And that's one of those ones where I just was writing. I didn't have the production yet. I was just writing. And when I do that, I tend to not count my bars and write like, I'll sometimes I'll write like a 42 bar verse <laughs> and not even realize it's that long and be like, damn, like what am I even going to do with this now? No, so that was one of those times. And uh, but yeah, funny enough, like, that you felt like it was, it gave you those emotions of like doubling down high energy. Cause that's, uh, what I was trying to do with the album was I was describing this vacation I was taking, but it doubles down as a metaphor. I'm taking this trip, like psychedelic trip. So I wanted with intro and takeoff, like the planes taken off, we're beginning this story, but also like the, the tab was just popped and like this experience ah. is just starting. It's starting to get intense. That's kind of what I was going for, like metaphorically with that. So it's funny that you kind of felt that. I'm glad that it, uh, it came through. No, for sure. Uh, and now that you say that, I kind of see the the inspiration from maybe like acid rap in that way. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, which is one of my favorite projects of all time. I still I wear the like acid rap sweatshirt that he put out when he dropped oh, like, yeah. his last project. Uh, like yeah, I, yeah. Day, so. I got to see him on the I think it was the Family Matters tour um, right after Acid Rap before Coloring Book oh. and that was like the craziest concert I've ever been to in my life at Terminal 5 in New York that was sick yeah that sounds incredible I, I think he's coming to New York here soon for a show but yeah the Acid Rap like yeah, uh, anniversary 10 year anniversary I think yeah in terms of I know we got off track but the, uh, I was just looking at the album I think my favorite tracks. Oh, yeah, I, I give you two? I, I Is that okay? I, yeah, I totally forgot I asked that question. <laughs> it's all good. Um, I think I would have to go with one being Turbulence, just because how that song came together was crazy. I was in the studio and I had laid down like the first four bars. We were all we were just freestyling it, and Young Chris, he was just happened to be in the studio. Uh, is outside the door, hears it, and comes in and is like, what the fuck is this? Like, who's playing this shit right now? <laughs> Whose beat is this? Who's rapping? And, like, I don't know if you know what I look like, but I'm, like, I at the time, I still had, like, mid-alopecia hair loss. I wasn't fully bald yet. So I'm looking all crazy. He's like, that's you? I'm like, yeah, that's me, bro. <laughs> he just he hops on the mic, and he just starts spitting. And we just went back and forth in the moment. And uh, I feel like that's that one of like a few tracks on the album where I really got to just like bar out and just spit. Um, yeah. Cause like I said, my roots is in hip hop and, and R and B and 
and you know rapping and like i got to really just get in my my rap bag with that joint and then um i think beyond that my second favorite song would probably be ascension because i was i was really happy with what i was able to pen down and get across and i think the story i was trying to tell i was able to tell as true as i possibly could in that moment the album was supposed to be a metaphor um between like or a double entendre i guess with this vacation i'm taking but also this trip i'm taking and uh ascension is supposed to be like uh the climax of the like the vacation or not the climax but the ending where we're taking off and we're going home but also like uh one of like the peaks that you can get in psychedelics which is like an ego death like dmt-esque experience where you kind of um, blast off and uh, like I haven't personally done DMT, but I've, um, you know, I've, I've had uh, similar experiences and uh, I was like, what if I wrote something that was like kind of trying to describe that as best I could, that feeling and just like being on your deathbed and being like, yeah, what am I really like going to be thinking when that happens in my last moments? And that's what I started writing was Ascension was just like, they say that sometimes you relive your memories right before you die. And so that's kind of what I was trying to capture in that song. Like every time I blink a different studio, it's set list and just going through and like, am I going to look back and be like, yeah, I did all that I fucking could with this music shit. And I was in every, putting in all the hours I could, every studio, hopping on every stage that I got, got offered to me working with everybody that, that wanted to work or was I fucking off and not not doing what I know I'm capable of. So that's kind of uh, what I was trying to lay down with that song. Yeah, that's that's powerful. And I really like the, the comparison to like a trip. Um, I know personally when I, last time I took shrooms, the only time I like really tripped, it's very comparable to like a... Um, like it's it's a it's a whole ass experience. There's there's a takeoff. There's some turbulence. There's ascension, and then you get grounded yeah. at the end. You know. Yeah. So that feeling of like um, having your whole life flash before your eyes, or like uh, really thinking about what matters to you throughout the trip and stuff like that. I understand yeah, where you're coming from there. And then grounded at the end, that's perfect. I didn't ever, I, I, I never picked up on a lot of this the first time I uh, listened through, but that's really cool. Hey, it's all good. You know what I'm saying? It was just, uh, I was trying to, with grounded specifically, it was like, even if you had a bad trip or a good trip, I think people that have engaged in psychedelics can kind of, uh, what's it called? Uh, resonate with the feeling of just like that, like that sigh yeah. of relief, like, Oh, cause sometimes it's like a 10 hour experience. And you're like, yeah. even if it was the, the greatest trip of your life or the worst trip, you kind of, when you finally know, like you're coming down, you're getting grounded again. You're like, all right, I have this like relief, you know? Um, it just kind of is like, all right, we're back. Like yeah, we're absolutely. grounded again. That's for sure. What happens. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to hear a little bit more about the band that you're working with. So yep. I, I saw some clips on your Instagram of you like playing shows with the band. And I just wanted to touch on the fact that your music is very like diverse instrumentally, which is kind mm -hmm. of typical of hip hop or at least good hip hop in my opinion. 
and that makes it very interesting to see you live. How did you meet the guys that you were actually in a band with? Yeah, so uh, the band's name is Blanco. Uh, it's actually named after my dog, Blanco, because we were, me and my drummer, Shane, we were just chilling one day, and we were trying to come up with a name for this, and my dog was right there, and he was always sitting right in front of his drum set, like, I don't know if he's got super ears, but he would, we would, like, try to hide him away so that he wasn't, like, right in front of the music, like, blasting, but he would, like, be crying outside the door and always want to come in, so we ended up naming the band after him uh, and, like, kind of using him as our mascot, but uh, how I met everybody was at college, uh, freshman year, UNH, I actually uh, lived on the same floor as Shane, who's my drummer, Shane Jositis, incredibly talented, um, he was like in line drums, like what's that uh that Nick Cannon movie where he's like in the drum line? I forget, oh, but I have no he's idea. like that level type of drummer. Like he was in those strict ass like drumming camps and like touring across the nation drumming. Oh, are you talking about um, the drumming movie where the guy just gets like abused? <laughs> like low key, like that's the type of environments that like he grew up playing in. Whiplash? Um like Super, yeah, Whiplash. Yeah. I was talking about that movie, but similar. Oh, okay. Um, that's like, because uh, they're all jazz musicians, most of the kids in the band. So, like, they all grew up, like, in, like, strict jazz teachers, like, making sure you're not falling out of time. And they get pissed if you don't come prepared and all that stuff. Like, it's a very competitive, like, um, environment, especially when you're playing, like, in school and, and in college and everything but yeah so i met shane we just became homies from the jump uh we were we never really made anything freshman year or had any plans of starting a band but like i always knew like i could see like all right this is gonna go somewhere for sure and then i think about sophomore junior year we started toying with like producing live music and shane kind of was like the scout for the band. So he was already in the jazz program, knew all these kids, and he brought people in. That's how I met Kai, my bassist. He was also in the jazz program, super talented. And we've cycled through a few guitarists, but right now our guitarist is named Damien. And uh, same thing with him. I met him in college. Uh, I actually met him, I believe, before uh, Shane introduced me to him. So we kind of knew each other already. And then Shane was like, yo, any chance you want to fill in and like come play with us? So that's how we got Damien. And then Matt, who is a super vital member of the band, he's our sax man. He was like a, a last addition. We had been gigging already for a few months probably. And uh, Shane was like, yo, like this might be weird, but like I have this homie, like I'm pretty sure he's a fan of the music um, and what you're doing. And he plays sax. Like, maybe let's let's bring him in and just, like, see how it goes. And I think our first rehearsal, he, uh, I had started singing to them, You Get Me So High, because I wrote that song before we had the production. And I was singing it to them. And he immediately started playing, like, that lick, that opening lick you hear in the yeah. beginning. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, this is going to be a problem already. <laughs> like, yeah, it's going down. And, and yeah, just since then, like, we all just kind of locked in. I have faith in, like, every single one of those motherfuckers. Like, they're all crazy talented, and they hold it down. And, like, I can tell that it's a, a reciprocated thing. Like, they have a belief in me, and they're willing to kind of hustle right now when we're kind of just doing gigs when we can and just all over the place. Um, but I think 
for me, it's most important just having that vibe and that good faith with everybody in the band than it is like everybody being like the best that they can possibly like the best person out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at their, their craft, I'm big on just like energy and vibes. I feel like topples that shit every time. Yeah, absolutely. And the saxophone for sure brings it all together. I think that, <laughs> I think that without it, it'd be a completely different project, but yeah, no, he definitely uh, had a major impact on the album and just, the music I've been making recently. He's out of Philly, actually. He's from Philly originally. Um, his name is Mauro Yente. And he uh, he grew up in, like, the music programs out in Philly, um, doing his thing over there. And so he came to UNH, and he, like, walked on to the jazz program, like, wasn't even in school for music. He was in school for business. But he was just that good that he yeah. was able to just walk on and I'm pretty sure at, at one point he ended up being like the like the number one sax like in like the jazz lineup because you know how there's like like the A group and B yeah. group and whatnot. Um, and he was like, bro, like in Philly, I was like six. Like I, <laughs> he was like, I, it was crazy. Uh, the competition there is like nuts. That's pretty sick. Uh, that's awesome. I I also think that you're completely right about how how to view your your bandmates at least i mean i'm sure you guys i sure i'm sure you see these guys as, as friends i don't know how close you all yeah, are but sure. uh without like a good connection to one another like the music for sure will struggle and if everyone's trying to like not compete with each other but there's there's always instances throughout history of like bandmates kind of like not feeling like they have enough impact uh so making sure that everyone's just like having a good time and like enjoying being together is definitely number one and it sounds like you kind of understand that yeah i mean with those guys like i i think we it's all about trust too like i trust that they know what they're doing in their lane like i i'm all about vibes i have no music theory knowledge none of that and they're all like damn near as high as you can get like they all took theory classes and like studied that they're all music majors and so at the same like there's a back and forth to it. Like when it comes down to like the technical stuff, I'll like trust them when they're like, yo, trust me, like t technically speaking, like this isn't it. But then at the same time, they'll have my back and kind of trust me in aspects where I'm like, yes, maybe technically this ain't right, but I I'm feeling this way. Can we at least give it a shot? And we'll try it and we'll kind of go back and forth. And it's a, it's a happy medium of like checks and balances between us. Um, and yeah, like at the same time, like we're all homies now. We've gotten really close and I feel like that makes for, for better music at the end of the day. Cause if you're playing with a bunch of people that like, you don't really know and everybody's yeah. uptight and like, it doesn't matter how good you are. Like the music's going to come out kind of stale and like uptight and not loose and you know? Yeah, for sure. So, I guess working yeah, with jazz really musicians is also a great way to not have tight music <laughs> or tight in like yeah. a... Like it's tight, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean. But um, yeah, no, I feel you. you. You said you have no music theory knowledge or like background and that kind of stuff. Did you? Were you like? Did you take like vocal lessons or vocal training or anything? Like, what is your history with with singing? So, <laughs> I have no history with singing at all. Um, no music You're theory lying, knowledge. Man. Nah, I've got nothing, bro. I started off just rapping, and I just loved listening to music. I think that's where I got my ear from is I've always been in love with music. I didn't always know that it was as an artist. 
I thought it was as a listener for the longest time. And I just would obsess over albums. Like early on, it was albums like um, Odd Future Mixtape Volume 2 and John Legend's Get Lifted, Acid Rap, early Mac Miller. Like I said, I listened to a lot of early, late 90s, early 2000s R&B. And I would just obsess over these albums. And I was I was always singing to myself, like in my own room as a kid. I knew for the longest I couldn't sing, like really sing. And I don't know what happened, but at some point, like around like my freshman, sophomore year of college, I felt like I was coming into my voice a little bit. Like I could never sing. I was only rapping. And yeah, I haven't taken any vocal lessons. Actually, I took one lesson with my mom's homie from Jersey. I forget his name right now, um, but he actually passed away like a week or two after I did the lesson, um, which was crazy because like he gave me the best advice I've ever gotten. And the only advice that I really look to when I'm like struggling to sing is just really utilizing your stomach and singing from your stomach as often as you can. And, and knowing that that's where like the push comes from and like that, he was like, when, you know the feeling that you feel when like you yell, like when you actually yell? He was yeah. like, where are you feeling it? I was like, in my stomach. And he was like, see, like that's where you need to be feeling it when you're singing. Sure. And so that's really the only advice that I've ever gotten has come from. And I don't, like when I sing, I don't know any of the notes. I don't know what's going on. I just know that like I can hear it and it sounds okay. Oh, that sounds great, man. That, that is incredible. And my middle school mm-hmm. choir teacher, she told us, yeah, you got to sing from the diaphragm, sing from your stomach. So it's true. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just that you do it way better than most people with no like <laughs> with no knowledge of what they're doing. So that is impressive for sure. And you got a very good voice for music. Um, it's so raspy, but like in a great way. You got a cool yeah, voice. Yeah, a lot of people love the rasp. It's just like that's just my natural voice has always been kind of raspy. You smoke? Um, and I. I used to for the longest um, and I recently kind of got off everything just because uh, after I kind of made this album and had those experiences with psychedelics, it kind of ended up ruining doing anything else for me because I ended up having like acid flashbacks a lot of the time and I what couldn't enjoy it the way I used to. Basically, like I was, I would get high and I would have like, like, uh recollections of like i would start to feel as if i was like about to trip Mm. and i would like go have a serious like panic attack like think convince myself that i was tripping when i was really just high and so that kind of ended up ruining smoking for me and i couldn't get back into it okay listen i got one more question for you um i don't want to keep you too long but uh, before I ask, do you have anything else you want to talk about? No, nah, I mean, I, I think you covered a lot of dope stuff. And I appreciate you interviewing me, taking your time out. And uh, you asked a lot of thoughtful questions, which was great. And uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, I'm just working on trying to figure out what I want to do with this next album. I'm looking forward to putting out a single very soon. We're recording our next single called I Still Fucking Miss You. Um, July 27th, we're recording it. Um, and hopefully it'll come out a few weeks from then. Um, that's the song that we're touring right now. And it's kind of like the follow up to You Get Me So High. So uh, that keep an eye out for that. Okay. And uh, yeah, we're super pumped for that song. Um, I think it'll do pretty well. Um, I'm, I have a lot of faith in it and I'm excited for people to hear it. 
Well, that's perfect because my last question was, what's coming next? <laughs> what, are, what are your plans? Are you working on like an album or anything? Um, and you said you're working on this single, but do you have plans for a, an, another album? I definitely have plans for another album. Um, I've got some ideas and songs in the works. Um, I'm just kind of letting it marinate right now and figure out like where exactly I want to take it. Um, I made this last project kind of haphazard. Like a lot of the marketing was done as we went and like the album wasn't even finished yet when we were starting to do marketing and everything was kind of rushed. I think once I figure out what I want to do with this album and finish it, I'm going to spend like a solid two months like getting, having fun with the rollout. You know what I mean? Like I want to have like a Tyler-esque rollout to this next project and make sure people really feel it and have like the vibes for it before it even comes out and and are ready to have a reason and are excited to listen to it. So uh, once I, I figure out exactly what it's going to be, I'm definitely going to start pushing hard on everywhere. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking with me for a few minutes. I am super thankful because to get the chance to talk to you is, is amazing. And especially after listening to your music, it is some of my favorite songs right now. I got a lot of these on repeat. So this is really cool. Thanks for coming out. Oh, yeah, bro. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yes. Uh, and I am excited for this next project and the single that you said you got work, work, you're working on next. You said you're recording it next month? Yeah, recording it next month and then hopefully releasing it a couple weeks after. That's going to be like another joint with the band. And then either shortly before or after that single comes out, I got one that's more just like a record that's just for myself, like a, a more hip-hop record. Cool. Well, um, I do have a ton more questions for you, but I like to keep things short. So I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you one more time. Um, and then the very, very, very last question. I like to ask people who are one or two artists that you know that you think deserve more attention right now? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, see, it's tough because an artist I've been rocking with a lot recently has just been starting to get a lot more recognition. and It's been crazy, but Jordan Ward is definitely one of those artists. He's one of the ones like he's definitely got something going and I'm excited to see where he takes it. Okay. Um, another artist is Overcast, O-V-R cast with a K. Um, he's been going crazy. He just dropped a single called TBH and it's nuts. Oh, I've heard of this guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's fire. Um, let me think. I got one more. Let me see. We were anti-gatekeeping around here. Yeah. Wait, I, I don't know how I, I have a light song by Overcast. I love somebody. Let's see. Let's see. I'm trying to find a good one, you know? I've been lacking with, like, saving songs to my playlist. So, like, i literally just been looking songs up individually, which is a terrible way to go about this. What, right um, now? Just in, like, the past year, I haven't oh, yeah. been, like, saving stuff. I've just been listening to music and then forgetting it and then having to look back and find it. What I do is um, I just like every song that I listen to, and then I just use my liked songs as my playlist because it's always updated to like, yeah, the songs. Yeah, that's that I smart. I would say Wiley from Atlanta is another one. Uh, he's actually a super cool dude. We've chatted a little bit. Um, hopefully looking forward to working with him sometime. Um, people say we actually sound a lot alike. I think it's the raspiness and like the, the soulfulness we have in our voices. But he's super fire as well, Wiley from Atlanta. I've heard Pink Skies by him, yeah. Okay, cool. All right, those are some good picks. Thank you so much. Uh, Where can people find you if they want to listen to your music? 
if they want to listen to my music, they just got to look up Farinas on any streaming platform. I'm at OK Farinas on all socials. So you just got to look me up and you'll you'll be able to find me. I also got my website, FarinasMusic.com. If you want to check that out, we got merch up. Um, but yeah, that's where you can find my music, find me, find all that good stuff. All right, cool.